1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Active Quest. This is episode 33. Wow, that's a palindrome. I like those. Uh, um, I'm your host, Joseph Yadin. Joining me today is Chris Penwell, Mr. Chris, or Mr. Penwell, hey, I'm I I'm back! Yes, back from the dead. Um, so, we've got a lot to unpack with the show, but before we do all that, how are you, Chris? How are things?
2: I'm good. Um, it's been a bit busy with work, but... Uh... Other than that, it, it, it's been great.
1: Tell the listeners what's going on with your schedule so they're aware.
2: Um, so yeah, what we're trying to do, we're trying to figure out a recording schedule right now where I'm I'm working Sundays and I can't really get off um, the weekends um, too often. Like for the next three weeks, I should be available. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's it's been a bit tricky just trying to switch shifts and drop shifts and um, with um, my fellow coworkers and uh over the m- most recent weeks I've been able to do that uh but yeah it's just not a consistent thing right now so we're just trying to figure that out behind the scenes
1: yeah and I think we've got it down like I think we'll probably get it down to where we have another day where we can all three be available my schedule's crazy josh's schedule is i guess not crazy but <laughs> but it can know, be
2: crazy though I, like I, the amount of work I, uh, hours that guy works my god
1: yeah that's true it can be crazy <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, and then you
1: just got this new job, so you are adjusting to that. So, yeah, thanks everybody for your patience. We'll get it all worked out so that we're all three on the show, um, and you might, might get it again.
2: sooner as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, because normally we we like to post maybe around Tuesday, Wednesday ish, but yeah, we may be able to make it so that you get it sooner. So that's that out of the way. Um, again, this is episode thirty three. A uh, couple things to note before uh, getting into the like run of show and what this what we're going to cover on this episode. Um, we have kind of a big announcement here, and that is that Active Quest has joined the Handsome Phantom Network. Um, which uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but there's the uh, Indie Incursion podcast, couple other podcasts um, that are run by uh, Handsome Phantom, which they're a, a publication. And, uh, yeah, it's just sort of a, like a, an amalgamation, I guess, of these awesome video game podcasts. And uh, having them all together can be lucrative for the podcasters as well as the listeners. It's kind of a way to get exposed to more content and stuff. Um, as the listener, not much is going to change. We're not going to change the format of the show. We're not going to change the content of the show. Nothing like that. Nothing's behind a paywall. Um, but... Basically, the only difference to you guys is that uh, uh, we're going to have ads in the show now, which I know, <laughs> I know that's, you know, I, obviously nobody wants to listen to ads, but uh, they're going to be really short and they're gonna they're not going to be ads for like, you know, hey, have you guys heard of Windex? It's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to be like, or whatever, you know, it's not going to be like
2: dot com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be I anything like.
1: Ads. It's not going to be anything like that, from what I understand, um, and we're still kind of working this through. Like, like, you know, we just we just basically started with this. Um, they're going to be, I, I from what I understand, they're going to be ads for the other shows. So, yeah, it'll already be something that you're that you're into or kind of in that realm anyway. Like, I know some pocket. Like, what's the? There's like the IGN shows that do four hymns or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I just like. I guess I can see kind of the Venn diagram there, but, but really, I mean, this, this will be relevant stuff. So hopefully it doesn't uh, put a damper on anything. It's, they're going to be quick, so no worries on that. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, nothing else will change. It'll just be sort of a little community that we're running. So I wanted to make that announcement, and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, okay, so in terms of episode 33, there's a lot to unpack this week. Uh, we've got some well yeah, obviously the, the shootings that happened uh, about a week now a week ago now um, have really impacted like the video game world which maybe they shouldn't um, and so there's a couple stories with that that I wanted to get into um, let's see uh, oh yeah we're gonna talk about uh, Sony Nintendo and Microsoft requiring all publishers to disclose loot box odds which I think that's a win. In, in the gamers' that's a book, big deal. yeah, yeah. Um, as you guys know, Ninja has moved over to Mixer, and there was a, a an impressive and uh, quickly earned milestone for that. That we I wanted to just touch on, um, and along with that, there was a, an interesting uh, Borderlands three YouTuber who had allegedly leaked out all this information that Take Two had in, had been investigating for about ten months. So that's another thing we'll get into, um, and then we'll talk about the new Call of Duty game. Because that game, I feel like, has been in the news almost every week with a new controversy. Um, we've got some listener questions, which thank you guys for that. If you're unaware of how that works, every Friday we post up a thread on our Twitter page, which is at ActiveQuestShow uh, on Twitter. And, um, and you know, you can just submit whatever questions uh, relevant to that show or not. You could ask us what our favorite type of hamburgers are or whatever, I don't care. <laughs> um, and you don't
2: have to wait for the thread to come out. You could just send us questions whenever you'd like.
1: That's actually a great point. I hadn't really thought of that. But yeah, anytime, just, yeah, you can add us on Twitter. And assuming it's not offensive or whatever, we'll read it on the show. It does, again, it doesn't have to be video game related, but we'd like, uh, we'd like it to be, I guess, since we're a video game.
2: I'd love to answer questions about what's my favorite cereal and, uh... (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) What's your favorite LaCroix and all that kind of stuff. You know, my answer to that already is apricot. Apricot, (laughs) sure.
1: Speaking of cereals, um, Kennedy and I have been turned on to this, uh churro cereal churro yeah you that, You know the churro you americans
2: are crazy yeah <laughs> you, you guys are nuts I'm seeing I, these cookies and cream kind of like yeah <laughs> cereals i'm seeing um oh god like what maple don't maple bacon donut flavor <laughs> like, what the heck is going on let's okay over there?
1: churro let's look up what a churro actually is because i don't uh, it's like a, it's like a cinnamon. Okay, it's a, a Mexican
2: chu- pastry. Yeah,
1: yep, yep, yep. A churro is a fried dough pastry, predominantly, ch- choux, c h o u x. I don't know what that means. Uh, based snack. Churros are traditional in Spain and Portugal, from where they originate, as well as the Philippines and Ibero America. Anyway, it's just a, huh. ball, it's a, it's like a ball of sugar and bread. Anyway, um, there's this new yeah. cereal out uh, that we've just been in love with. So. I uh, just wanted to let the listeners know about that. Um, and then we'll close the show <laughs> with what <laughs> with what we've been playing. Um, the selection of games we have here uh, between the two of us, Chris, are very... Pretty badass. What? Bass. No. What do you mean pretty bad? Yeah. No, I think these pretty games
2: badass. are... Pretty badass.
1: Badass. Badass. Sorry. Badass. They're... Badass. I didn't hear the ass. Uh, yes, yeah. badass. Other than maybe one that you're playing, unfortunately. But... Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get into that. Um, cool. Chris, I've talked long enough. Let's get into some news, shall we?
2: Let's do this.
1: All right. Mm. Let me take a swig of my LaCroix, which I'm so sorry, everybody. I fucked it up. Might as well cancel the epi- episode. I, I I opened the LaCroix prior to hitting the record button, which it's just an instinctual thing. I mean, I pulled the LaCroix out of the fridge and I just popped it open and then immediately I was like, God damn it! Oh no! I was like, "Do I get another one?" Well, no, because then this one will just sit and then get flat, and then I'll be right. all my Lacroix let's, schedule let's... will all be messed up.
2: Let's simulate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, I got all over the monitor. Okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Um. So let's start this first story here. Uh, this is uh from Game Informer. I'm not gonna read through the whole thing, um, but Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo will start requiring developers to disclose loot box odds. Um, there was a panel uh, workshop hosted by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, um, and it was essentially to discuss loot boxes, and I guess they they voted on this new initiative where... Uh, yeah, the, the platform holders, or, you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, have to they have to have their publishers, uh, who are putting games out on their platforms, disclose the odds of loot boxes. Now, one thing to note is that this is starting to roll out, like, in the near future, and by 2020, uh, all, all platforms should be on board with this. And obviously, if the platform, or if the publisher... Uh, does not agree to do so, then I guess they won't be able to publish games on that platform. Um Chris, what do you make of this?
2: Um it's a great development, I believe, you know, it's more uh transparency in the industry with uh how these products are being sold and what are your odds to get all these rewards uh, for the loot boxes and it's actually interesting because China did this a few years ago, I believe um which is oh, really? which is interesting yeah and uh, they did it with games like overwatch and things like that so um it's great to see that come over here and uh, so so people know exactly what their odds are of getting these legendary items and such
1: yeah i'm with you on that now my i guess question it's not really a concern it's a question is how will this be implemented like do, does the audience Straight up, just see like a percentage next to whatever item it is. Like that's is... what that's
2: what I think is going to happen. Yeah. yeah, because I <laughs> see. I think uh, Kingdom Hearts did this with the mobile game that ah. they they showed the percentage of like okay, this is your odds of getting um, this card over another or whatever. Um, and I, I think I've seen the same in other titles too.
1: I, I I think from the consumer point of view, there's basically no downside to this. Um, now, a couple things I wanted to bring up. One uh do you uh god i don't really want to get too far in the weeds of this but i just quickly do, do you think that this sort of loot box thing uh and all these like in-game purchases where you don't know what you're gonna get uh, are considered uh, gambling do you think that's a form of gambling
2: yeah i think so um you're not using real money for it but well, using you, time and well uh, you, you
1: can uh, use real money
2: Uh, Exactly, but you can't get rewards out of it, like money rewards, Mm. so that's uh, different from real gambling, but at the same time, I feel like you're gambling time, you're gambling experience in the game, Mm. and that can be incredibly addictive for some people, I think some seasons of games, like... Uh, the summer sports season for overwatch uh, can be really bad for people because they're trying to grind these rewards quickly before the time ends right so mm-hmm. um, that that can be very addictive and it can be you know it, it can be harmful for uh, someone's health <laughs> or you know <laughs> yeah fair enough you know, depending on how addictive the, uh, the game is for them
1: fair enough yeah uh, that that could be. I'm. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much, but, but um, my my other concern, I guess, is say okay, this goes through, and people just like, what if there's like a just massive decline in loot box purchase, loot box purchases, um, and the publishers are like losing money or whatever. I wonder what will That's happen. I wonder what will. Well, I don't. I I don't know that it is. I mean, if a publisher isn't making any money, then that might impact whether or not they make more games or you know put more games into development i just i I don't know i don't know how much these loot boxes make for them if it's like their main source of income like i I just have a lot of of questions about it from the business perspective for sure
2: but they can be very predatory as well right yeah um like for example like a fifa like jim sterling mentioned this earlier but the fifa games are free plus and over and yet so they have gambling kind of like mechanics with the ultimate team mm. um card packs, right? And things like that. And um there's YouTube videos out there where people are opening these packs and it's super popular because um they wanna see their, the the streamer or the influencer get a, a particular card, right? A legendary card or whatever. So right. it's kind of that and also Fortnite, um kids have been bullied for not like not having specific items and stuff uh so that's also a very bad thing for the industry to have i think so um and you know the video game industry is getting way more and more exposure to uh microtransactions and stuff like this and i think that's a negative um kind of like uh, view of um, our of video games and the right. companies behind them. So uh, mm. I I think honestly, the microtransactions are kind of a bad thing. Uh, and th- but at the same time, yeah, like it does support future contents like Star Wars Battlefront Two. Two, they don't have any uh, DLC or any- anything like that really. Um, it's all supported by, um, the loot boxes and the microtransaction stuff, and that's how we're getting new maps and new, uh, characters for free, right? So, uh, do we return back to that DLC format again, splitting apart communities, or do we have that microtransaction model, or do you think there's a completely new way to sell these games?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, like our show is doing, they could put ads in video games, that would be kind of
2: weird. I that be rough though. Like they that was that had a neg- really negative backlash with an NBA yeah. um, 2K, you know, and 2K
1: um you, you know how I mean they could get creative with it. One thing that I really uh, thought was interesting was in and I think maybe I talked about this before in another episode, but um while playing Rainbow 6 Vegas, um there are lots of sections where you're just like walking around the streets of Vegas and there are these like billboards and bus signs with ads on them. Um I think the ads themselves were like, uh, like, fake or whatever, like, you know, they were, like, satire or whatever, um, but I think implementing, like, maybe a real ad onto a bus, uh, sign or, like, a billboard in, in a game like that might work, um, I think if you, like, Burnout
2: Paradise did that with, uh, the Obama campaign. <laughs> Remember that?
1: No, I don't, but that sounds really funny. Uh,
2: yeah, they, they so... put billboards of Obama's campaign, uh for the presidency in uh in the game so it's
1: so at least with something at least with something like that it doesn't really like interrupt your gameplay and it doesn't you know you don't have to whip out your credit card no
2: but at the same time it could take you out of the game itself the game that's true like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see ads in like last of us or oh no um, assassin's creed or something like that you know how would that even work um, with
1: assassin's creed i don't don't, yeah I, i have
2: no idea um but like uh, another example of the uh, of ads not working is in street fighter right Where they oh, have yeah. like the street fighter costumes and you got um fight money the the in-game currency of that game uh for showing the ads uh that mm-hmm. didn't really work out in uh, capcom's favor either so yeah um i don't really know what what i would suggest maybe make these games free to play maybe make fifa free to play have mm. these microtransactions because I feel like it's better in that way to make it free to play than make it a sixty dollar product mm. and then right. putting the microtransactions on it. So um, if microtransactions simply are the future, maybe they should just take the mobile game model and make it into the console, make it into the console games. Right?
1: Could be, could be. We'll see how that shakes yeah. out. Um, so uh, let's move on here. Uh, this is just a quick story here. Uh, this is again from uh, Game Informer Imran Khan. Uh, Activision sees more, uh, sorry, Activision sees value and more remasters and new games in those series. Um, not going to read the whole thing, but it looks like there was an earnings call with uh, Activision's uh, Rob Co- Kostich. I always mess that guy's name up. I'm really bad at names <laughs> if you guys can't tell. Um, uh, and yeah, you on, did this- great. Uh, <laughs> on this earnings call, uh, I'm just gonna call him Bobby because that's what I oft- often hear him uh, referred to as. Uh, Bobby says, "Quote: uh, When you look at our IP library, we think there's a lot of IP in there th- the fans are going to want to experience again. Um, I'd say stay tuned for some future announcements, but just beyond, pu- uh, yeah, but just beyond pure re- remasters, there are also a lot of opportunities now to innovate and think about totally new content within these IPs. So." I think at the end of the day, that's basically saying, hey, you're probably going to get a new Crash. You're probably going to get a new Spyro, which is not surprising. Um, Out of those two, uh, I mean, what do you think you'd rather see, a new Crash or a new Spyro?
2: I'd rather see a new Spyro, but I believe it would be amazing if the PS5 launched with a new Crash Bandicoot. That would be be perfect. That would be perfect, right? But but would it it be exclusive, though? i don't know if it would i i I don't know maybe playstation could pay for that but uh, i think it'd be really cool to have a title like that on playstation because it has such uh history on that platform
1: yeah that's true it's just because the the uh, crash team racing and the insane trilogy came out on xbox as well so i don't know that that would be exclusive but i do i am with you i think that would be a, a system seller for sure yeah now, are there any other Activision games you'd like to see either remasters for or continuations?
2: Well, Josh said that he'd like to see a new Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, but like a, a remake of Night like, two, which would be great. Like I know they had the HD version on the Xbox 360, but like maybe the entire overhaul of that. Uh, I just don't that know that that would
1: ever know. happen due to, the, due to the music and the and the the likenesses yeah. of the characters. You know, because they're real people and stuff. I don't. I don't think that exactly. would ever happen, man. Especially after the poor sales of what was it, Tony Hawk's? What was that Pro Skater Five that came out a few years ago? That yeah, was just but that fucking horrible. That was an awful. Well, movie. true, but maybe from Activision's point of view, they might say, "Oh, the game it didn't sell well because people don't like Tony Hawk, not because it was bad, but because they don't like Tony Hawk and it's not worth our time." So I just I don't know that we would ever see another Activision uh, or you know another Tony Hawk. Remake, remaster, sequel—at least not for a very long time.
2: How about Guitar Hero? Because I know that's one of your loves, right?
1: Same thing, actually. I just after the the failure of Rock Band Four and Guitar Hero Live, I just don't think—I yeah. don't think so. I mean, I—I I mean, obviously, I, would I think love, it's dead. Yeah, oh yeah, I would love to see that. And I have Clone Hero, honestly, so I don't really need a new Guitar Hero. The engine on Clone Hero. I know this is like really nerdy. most people probably don't care about this, but <laughs> the engine on Clone Hero is perfect. any song you would ever want is free. the game's free. There's just no reason for me to buy a new uh, guitar hero game. Right. I don't think there's any reason for Activision to to you know publish another one so so
2: what would you what
1: would you like to see? um oh God off the top of my head I mean what are what are some active I don't know I can't think I can't really think of anything. Some Activision games that maybe I would like to see. I mean, the first ones that come to mind, Spyro Crash, you know? Um, Yeah. Let's see. Activision games. I'm Googling. You can edit this out if you want or not. I don't care.
2: Let's see. (laughs) I'm going to do it too. I'm doing it too. Call of (laughs) Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Okay.
1: Hey, they have this game called Call of Duty. Have you heard of that one?
2: yeah. Yeah, never, never, no. (laughs) Um, Oh, you know, they published
1: some of these James Bond games. There's a couple good ones in there. Uh, I I guess I'm not really too wild about Activision, I think, is what I'm learning right now.
2: Yeah, um, I think an interesting remake would probably be Pitfall or something like that. Something like from the real classic days coming back uh, for modern systems. With a like a new idea, uh, I'd like to see like a pitfall game that's like an Uncharted or something like that, mm-hmm. um, because there's there's that void right now uh, that's been left by Uncharted, where like I'd love to see a third person action adventure game again.
1: That could be interesting, yeah. Um, one thing I'm looking at here as well is they do a lot of licensed stuff. Like, yes, they do. Goodness gracious, I did not know how. I mean, I'd say probably most of Activision's games are licensed. I mean, Family Guy, Fantastic mm. Four, Fast and the Furious. Uh, these are, uh, I mean, that that's kind of a, a remake or a remaster nightmare because of obvious reasons. I just, yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really crazy about. Uh, I guess Guitar Hero. I'll just say Guitar Hero because I I love that so much. Oh, Gun! That game, Gun. Do you remember that? With the it was like a nope. <laughs> like like what was that? Like Red Dead it was kind of like red dead like a cowboy although although with red dead i don't know that that game would would do well um yeah i don't care about activision prototype
2: Um, series yeah
1: prototype that'd be that'd be fine maybe a new prototype
2: um but um yeah like i I honestly think the the activision's kind of like thq before it closed down right it's running out of its own ip's and uh they was focusing mainly on uh the licensed products right so it hasn't really got that many uh properties under its belt to really use um Call of Duty you know (laughs) is is still the cash cow but many of its other IPs have kind of gone down the the wayside right so yeah Skylanders um Guitar Hero yeah uh, tony hawk things like that like they need to work on new stuff i think right and destiny's gone now from their publishing rights so that's right uh they're basically just standing on call of duty crash and inspire at this point so uh which i think pitfall might be a good option for them but uh other than that you know yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know Uh-huh.
1: Um, all right, next news story here. Uh, Ninja became the first Mixer streamer to reach 1 million subscribers less than a week after announcing he was ditching Twitch for Microsoft. Uh, so, yeah, for those who are unaware, uh, the, I guess the most famous streamer in the world, Ninja, uh, was offered a deal for Mixer to exclusively stream through Mixer, which is a different platform. It's, uh, it's uh, run by Microsoft. And he left Twitch, and you know he signed the deal. He's yep. now he's now with Mixer, and it looks like he's reached a million subscribers in less than a week. Which um, I didn't know. Yeah, it doesn't. It looks. Ninja. It, yeah, the first streamer to reach him. So no other streamer has gotten to a million subscribers on Mixer before. No. That that to me says that that platform maybe isn't isn't used as much.
2: It's not. No, it was. It, it wasn't being used as much because Twitch is such a mind share uh, with streamers and and gamers that you know like it's tough for mixers to really jump in even though maybe some of its um options on mixers kind of more interesting like the multi-screen kind (laughs) of stuff which -hmm. is kind of cool Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know yeah What, what do you think of this joseph uh
1: i mean i don't really think it's surprising i i think the thing i wanted to talk about is how i guess people were treating ninja about this um outside i mean i know maybe ninja isn't the greatest person in the world. I, I've heard some stuff, but <laughs> right? Don't people dislike some of the things he does? I don't know. Anyway, outside of the context of that, um, it, I think it makes sense for him to have done this. People are kind of giving him a hard time, saying he's a sellout and all this stuff. I don't know, man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how much money they offered him, but if you're running There's a business, a lot. yeah, if you're running <laughs> 50 a business, million
2: dollars or something like oh, that,
1: yeah, like or like if you're at if you're at a job and another job offers you. A better position like you know like a like a promotion kind of yeah you're gonna take it like i don't think i don't think that's something to get upset with um no not surprising i just i guess my question is i wonder if mixer will start to see um more streamers like start using it now that it's like more in the limelight and people are talking about it more um maybe
2: because i, I honestly think twitch it, it's really hard to stand out among the crowd you know there's so many people on twitch now um it's getting kind of ridiculous so maybe mixer might be that way for people to really show themselves and right uh be like a leader in that platform
1: yeah exactly i i'm not much of a streamer person like uh i don't really know any of the famous streamers other than ninja but i at least wanted to acknowledge this story because i know ninja is so important to the industry yeah uh, um all right let's move on here this is a little bit of a bigger story uh let's get some context so this is the the take two uh crackdown three leak investigation so there was this youtuber by the name of sup Maddo. i don't know his real you
2: name you mean borderlands free
1: yeah what did i say crackdown did i say crackdown <laughs> you did <laughs> I, I don't know why i have crackdown on the mind borderlands 3 not absolutely not crackdown because nobody really <laughs> talks about that game anymore other than Josh, Borderlands. Thank you, Chris. Um, Sup Matto, this this YouTuber, the streamer Matt Summers, I guess his name is. Um, uh, he apparently had been uh, leaking Borderlands three information prior to its uh, official announcement earlier this year. Uh, there was this, there was this like Twitch extension or something that people like got into and data mined it to find more information about Borderlands that he then covered on his channel. Uh, He had been leaking information that turned out to be accurate. Anyway, last week, uh, he put out this uh, YouTube video um, breaking his silence after a few weeks of no posts, uh, basically saying that he'd been investigated by uh, 2K and and Take-Two, their parent company, for 10 months, and these two investigators came to his house and were like questioning him about his content and all this stuff. And apparently, uh, some of the things he'd been doing were illegal, although... Uh, This post I have here from Kotaku, which is really it's a really and I think this is probably the best post about this Because I covered this story at PlayStation lifestyle and it was actually kind of hard to find uh, All of the information like it just it seems like people were just sort of copying each other as they do But the Kotaku reports pretty good. So you should take a look at that one Um, Which by the way is from uh, Ian Walker Uh, But uh, Yeah, apparently he'd been doing these illegal His actions were labeled as illegal they took down his uh, his Discord channel, you know, that had that had apparently been leaking things in there as well. So it was this big deal. Uh, I one thing that's interesting too is when this video got posted by SubMato, uh the hashtag boycott Borderlands three started trending in his defense because everybody was saying, you know, oh, he, he was he didn't do anything wrong, all of this information was public anyway, all this stuff and Take-Two was of the mind that, you know, he was uh, breaking copyright laws and all this stuff. Um, I don't know that I'm educated enough with this uh, t- <laughs> to to side one way or another. I mean, both both ends seem reasonable, but I guess maybe I'm leaning more towards 2K's side with this because, you know, it, leaking shit, obviously that's not... Uh, that's people- it's not cool. Yeah, the publisher's going to get pissed off about that. And there was an excerpt here in this uh in this story here let me see if i can find it because it kind of just goes to show uh let's see oh this is from sup he it reads quote uh since i've had time to reflect on the situation i'd say excitement got the better of my judgment um so he kind of admits that yeah he fucked up it was a bit of a shitty thing to do yeah um i don't know i mean i hope he doesn't like go to jail over this or something i don't know if it's a if it's a Crime that's worth imprisoning somebody over, right? I don't. They didn't say that, but you know, doing illegal shit. I just don't know. I don't know if you'll have a fine or what. What do you? What do you think well, about this, Chris? He.
2: This is different from the usual uh, leaker, right? Because he's on YouTube. He's making money out of these reports, right? So, um, I don't know whether or not it would be under uh, fair use because it's under news reporting, or if he got that information. Uh, illegitimately right um through means of like hacking software or hacking stuff i don't know but, well um uh, to that point how much do we know about this to that point yeah uh
1: he actually did not do the hacking other or i don't right. know if it's hacking data mining is that hacking i guess not other people data mined and he just like reported on it that would be i guess no different than ign playstation lifestyle kotaku reporting on a thing that yeah. happened, right? So that's what I'm saying. I don't know that I have enough information to, to make an assessment one way or another, but...
2: Same, but for, for me, like that'd be definitely up to the courts because I, I think that is a form of uh, news reporting, so maybe that would count um, right. as fair use, but I'm not entirely sure because maybe he was working with these people um, to get that information illegitimately, or um, I think data mining is allowed by way because in a way because that the information is already out there but at the same time you can't hack the software you can't get into it right so i, I don't know um, mm-hmm. and i it's think definitely a complex kind of issue here
1: right and i think that's why that hashtag was trending because i think a lot of people were sort of in favor of that he didn't really do anything wrong with this although he did say you know what was that quote you know I, it was a shitty thing to do so i guess I, I mean he seems like he's admitting guilt a little bit but um, yeah. but anyway i think we'll, we're gonna need more information on this one to to make a full assessment because i don't know that all of the pieces are in place there but if you look around on the internet like i said a lot of the reports are just kind of vague and the Kotaku one from what i found was like the best one so take a look at that uh yeah, I don't know. But I'm sure more information will pop up for that story. Uh, let's let's move on to another story here. This is a real quick one. Um, I just wanted to cover that Red Dead Redemption has hit 25 million units sold, Nuts. Uh, which cute. is which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny though is that that is a lot of units, but compared to like a GTA V, which is what like 110 million, it's just I don't know, does that mean that Red Dead is not successful, or does that mean that GTA oh, is... Oh, it's
2: definitely successful. <laughs> does that just mean uh, GTA just... is an
1: anomaly? Anole- I can't fucking say
2: that word. anomaly, yeah, anomaly, Anomaly. 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 God uh, but... damn it. God <laughs> damn, damn it. You forget to open your LaCroix properly, and then you forget to say, like, a- anomaly? Anomaly. What's going on, man? That's, yeah.
1: No, I um I messed that word up a few episodes ago. Josh, <laughs> Josh helped me with it. Because I don't know how to fucking talk. Right. Anyway, Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: But so, I, I honestly think that most of those sales from GTA is mainly because of the online scene and um, the Twitch and the YouTube kind of influence over that. You know, people make making new videos about GTA online and you know, attracting new people. So I think that's the reason why GTA 5 is so popular right now. Uh, mm-hmm. as well as the name recognition and um, it being in stores for, like super cheap or whatever uh, mm-hmm. but but uh yeah like this is this is a big story I think because you know this is this is a triumph for like single player gamers and um, those who want to explore like big visceral worlds you know like, that's, it's, a, it's a big win for them
1: yeah and uh we'll get to this on what we've been playing but I just jumped into red Dead 2 for the first time in a few months. And man, yeah. That's a really good video game. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't like it, but in terms of like the way I, it's made. I'm not a fan. But uh, I mean I, I get it. it. I get I, it. I get it. Yeah. But I think I, I think that's a it's a notable amount. And what's interesting, I've got this story from PlayStation Lifestyle. So this is from Brianna Reeves. Um, they sold a million copies since May, which may not sound like a lot, but what is that? Let's see. June, July, August. In three months million copies. That's you know, Almost a year. Well, let's see. It came out in October. I mean, most of the game sales are going to be within the first month, right? Yeah. So I think a million copies sold since May is a is a pretty staggering amount. But yeah, congratulations to Rockstar. Uh, I don't know what the future looks like for Red Dead because obviously it, the online isn't going to have the legs that a uh, that a GTA would. In fact, I
2: don't. I'm are going to get single player story. Stuff oh no. Again.
1: Oh, I, d- I
2: disagree. I think you're going to get like, Undead Nightmare and stuff like okay. that. Okay, uh, maybe maybe game. Undead...
1: Yeah, I don't really consider that single-player, though. Be- uh, because it, that's that's got
2: multiplayer in it, right? Does it? Okay. I think it, oh, that's, maybe... how, that's how much I know about Red Dead and Rockstar Games.
1: <laughs> maybe... Uh, I can't really remember. I think that had multiplayer in it. But, right. b- but the reason I say I don't know that they would just go exclusively the single-player route is because of what of gta i mean they never did put out single player content for that and look how much money it's made them so i don't know that i don't know that making you know because making single player content is really time intensive and resource intensive i feel like just making more multiplayer stuff would probably be better in terms of money so anyway congratulations to rockstar i really like that game a lot i get why people don't like it but i think it's uh it's a it's an important game, and at least from a design perspective, it's really, really interesting. Um, all right, a couple more stories here. Uh, this is the Call of Duty story of the week, which it seems like every week there's a new controversial <laughs> thing. Um, Call of Duty, bro. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Infinity Ward doesn't consider Call of Duty Modern Warfare a political game. Um, so Game Informer uh, did a did their rapid-fire interview questions with uh, Infinity Ward. Who did they interview? Let's see. They interviewed, um, what the hell was that guy's name? I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Oh, oh, Joel Emsley. Uh, he's the, uh, the the studio art director. And what's interesting about these interview questions through Game Informer is that they're, a lot of the questions are, you like, ones that you would care about and they're good questions. Um, but some of them are, like, more funny Questions and the, the overall tone of the interview is more comedic I think um, and so there was a question in which uh, Joel Emsley was asked uh, is Call of Duty modern warfare political and Emsley replied very quickly with a no and the interviewer uh, was like really and then he said no and then the interviewer said that's insane to me and Emsley said something to the effect of, well, it's insane to me that people would think it's political. We're just trying to make a game. (laughs) Um, I don't know. One thing that I think is worth noting with this is that I feel like um, these companies have... Well, a couple things. These companies, number one, have like... They take a look at the questions beforehand and they get approval from PR with not only which ones they can answer, but what they can say, like what their answers will be. So maybe... Maybe uh, Emsley's response is not actually what he thinks. It might be something that PR told him to say. So that's worth noting. But also, these companies' definition of what political is may be uh, influencing how they answer this question because, you know, political has a specific definition. You know, the word politics, political, has a specific definition that. Maybe not everybody uses it the same way. I don't know. So that could be it too. But outside of the context of semantics, which I love to get hung up on, it's kind of a silly thing. Like it's a game about war and like people die and it's like really intense and obviously all the controversy over the violence and stuff. I don't see how one can say that it's not political, but I, I'm maybe I'm not the best person to ask about it. I don't know. Josh or Jesus, Chris. Mr. Mr.
2: Josh. <laughs> well, Josh is the most political guy out of all. He, those, he, actually, so that may be what that it's was. Of, yeah. I, it's kind of it's kind of sad that he's not here to, this week. Actually, about yeah. He he loves um, his politics.
1: Um, Chris, what do you think? But
2: yeah yeah. Uh, for me, I I, I think uh, they they're just trying to make a game, and the because of its popularity in Call of Duty. Uh, in in the mind mind sp- mind space of uh, many people around the world, it's generally considered political because you know, it's trying to make a make a message. I guess that's, that's typically what people are thinking, uh, mm-hmm. because it's just such a big symbol of our, our gaming industry. But at the same time, <laughs> like th- these political biases can seep into a storyline you know uh people uh, the writers biases can go into it without them even knowing right so um i don't know just 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 uh it's an interesting kind of thought um i think games can be political um they can be thought-provoking and they can bring a certain um side of the side of the story or a point of view uh that people want to come across uh, to, or to bring up like um and uh yeah it's just it's just an interesting fall
1: yeah let's i pulled while you're while you were talking i pulled up the definition of politics (laughs) no no no, not not ranting not ranting i pulled up the definition of politics here's what i just uh, you know maybe this is necessary maybe not let's see um politics uh the activities associated with the Govern- governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power. Well, I mean, I disagree got...
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You disagree with that yeah, definition?
2: Well, 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 I, well, well, I do think it's... I, I do, don't think it's political, then. Um, I, I do agree with um, Infinity Ward of that, then. Like, because they're not trying to get, <laughs> make the uh, government govern in a certain way right so Hmm. yeah especially i I don't
1: know let's see especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties so okay how about this let's let's take this as a quick example what if two people are fighting like just literally like beating the shit out of each other isn't that a debate or conflict among individuals hoping to achieve power or am i hung up on well the whole game you're shooting people and they're shooting at you so isn't that political? Yeah. <laughs> or am I wrong? I, I, I deny. I
2: deny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. This definition of politics. This definition here. I mean, we can find another one. Let's see. Let's do... Uh, let's do... What, what was it? Webster? Merriam-Webster. Let's see. Um, let's see what this says. Politics. All right. The art or science of government. That's not really... The art or science. Nah. <laughs> <It's>, eh. <laughs> That is so general. Like... <laughs> it is a thing that has happened. Um, I'm not really wild about these definitions because they're so vague. No. Political affair. See, that's the thing. We need to define politics. All right, anyway, I think we're, we've gone long enough on this topic, but nonetheless, people. Yeah, um,
2: it's, it's, it's above our pay grade. People, um, people's, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, people's panties were in a bunch. Let's just put it that way. Um, okay, yeah. last story, then we'll do some questions, talk about what we've been playing. Um, all right, so after the horrific uh, mass shootings in the United States last week, uh, I'm sure everybody has heard, whether you're in the video game uh, community or not, that the politicians of the U.S. have been deeming video games to be one of the leading cause causes of these uh, horrific events, uh, violent video games. And so some, I guess... <laughs> Some people have been taking action with this, that kind of thing. Um Walmart had apparently at one point been instructed to take down all signage in their stores advertising violent video games following the uh horrific mass shootings. I know there was another story we don't have this on the run of show, but uh there was this Apex Legends tournament that was supposed yeah. to be broadcasted on ESPN but was pushed to a later date you know out of respect yeah out of respect to these people which you know that's a that's a nice thought i just don't know that obviously
2: but the 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 the, the point that jim sterling made though uh yesterday is that there's mass shootings every day so what are you doing Are, are you are you showing disrespect to the people that die like on in october you know Like, when does it stop?
1: That's a good point. Like, oh, it's okay to show it in October, just not right now. Like, what? Like, why is that okay? But but anyway, so uh, Walmart, yeah, they had taken on the signage. And then there were reports later that they had been instructed to pull all violent video games from store (laughs) shelves, which um, apparently was not true. Uh, there was maybe just like a handful of stores that were doing this, and I think it might be like a store-by-store basis, depending on management kind of a thing.
2: That's what I think, yeah. Yeah,
1: but anyway, somebody tweeted out this picture. Uh, this is from Tyler May Cry. He says, Mine is not even selling the games anymore. Temporarily, and I'm seriously upset. Like, where am I supposed to buy a physical copy now? The nearest GameStop is away is way too far away from me. And he's t- he's posted this picture, and it was just empty. The... <laughs> you know, like the Walmart, they have their cabinets that, that you know, the, the sliding doors and everything, uh, just empty. Like we're all, you can see where all these games normally would be and nothing, but it turns out that, uh, that, uh, that's not true. IGN got into contact with Walmart PR and it turns out that, that they are still going to continue to sell these games. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at sort of broader picture and like you said with Jim Sterling, like, i mean this is just ridiculous like what <laughs> there's like evidence to support right that violent video games don't cause mass shootings and, no. I, and and i love how i think it was the esa put that you know almost you know, every country in the world plays video games only one country in the world has a has a shooting yeah. problem like it's just uh, how many times do we need to beat this drum right like, it's, we
2: don't... It, yeah it's it's ridiculous
1: and I think uh, from, from the point of view of Walmart not carrying the games and stuff, I mean, yeah, somebody would just then go buy it elsewhere. Like, I just don't know that that would even solve the problem. Like, maybe, yeah, from Walmart's point of view, they're doing the right thing, no. quote-unquote, whatever, but people are still going to get their hands on a violent video game, and it doesn't even matter, ultimately, yeah. anyway, because it's stupid. It's,
2: it's just... honestly the, the, the biggest problem right now of the states. is the cowardice of the Republicans not passing through these gun laws. Um, them shifting the blame to these, um, to these video games or, uh, mental health and you know, mental health is an issue, but, you know, like it's, it's just such a, so cowardly to not face these things, not take the money, <laughs> you know, they're taking the money from NRA and all these rifle associations, they, they don't want to do anything about it because all they care about are their own wallets and it's disgusting it's disgraceful and um, I hope something is actually done about this rather than shifting the blame constantly and just praying for anything to stop for this to stop right because it's not because you're not doing anything about it and that's the big issue Um, that it's not video games it's them
1: I, I don't really have anything else to add i think that's beautifully said chris um so cool um well not cool i guess but but uh well no like
2: i'm saying it's a a distinctly american issue um that's i'm not american myself so maybe this is a little rich to say but like it is it's the american culture it's their um love of guns and their relationship with guns and it's uh also um I don't know. It's just a societal problem that won't go away and needs to be faced. Uh, but no one wants to face it. No one wants to take it on because they they just want to shift the blame.
1: I think our younger generation here, who maybe didn't vote last time, might be more inclined yeah. to vote this this they time. Should. And we'll see maybe if that changes. So uh, yeah, horrible stuff. Uh, really, as a as a gamer, as a lover of games, as a reporter of games, as somebody who's involved in the industry and it's my job it's just horrible to to see it treat you know the industry treated like this um all right well on that horrible note uh let's take a little break and we'll move on to some listener questions we'll be right back all right everybody we are back uh let's take some listener questions <sighs> um <laughs> you all right over there
2: Chris? I'm good. I'm oh, good. okay just you had like a sign of... down for that debate over there just just back <laughs>
1: yeah well <laughs> no it well, wasn't a games. it wasn't a debate i wasn't i wasn't arguing it wasn't
2: should... a debate at all no no exactly uh, it's just a discussion about video games and, heated you know, yes just just the whole just the heated stuff yeah. that's going on over there it's just like whew. so well, let's let's unwind let's, let's cool down with some listening listener questions let's
1: yeah. unwind yeah with some listener questions okay so as josh is not on the show this week he decided to throw some interesting questions at us so he says um <laughs> hey hey long time listener but first time caller great What's Joseph's favorite survival <laughs> horror game? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to go Resident Evil 2, man. I know that's not the hipster answer that people m- may want, or it's not the, you know, whatever, like, purist answer. But Resident Evil 2, man, I really do think that's, like, like one of the best survival horror games out there. Dead Space is also really good. Um, can you do a survival horror-themed episode? Yeah, I think we can. Maybe on, like, an off week or something like that. Uh, Chris mentioned he loved Kingdom Hearts 3, but... Uh, didn't love it as much as he thought he would does he still want kingdom hearts 4 <laughs> uh chris <Fuck> yes
2: yeah <laughs> fuck yes um i I really want to see uh kingdom hearts 4 see what they can evolve in the series and maybe choose a mix of like older and newer disney worlds and um, i'm just like from the secret movie that they released um, for Kingdom Hearts, front with Kingdom Hearts Three, that it seems very interesting the direction they're going to take with the series, and maybe it'd be a bit darker. We'll see. So, um, and kind of interested to see that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and what was your what were your issues with Kingdom Hearts Three? Like he said that you mentioned you didn't love um, it as much as you thought you would.
2: Yeah, some some of the story issues, like uh, the lack like the lack of use for Kairi. um She was once again the damsel in distress, so that was a bit of. <laughs> Um, an issue there, um, the, the Disney worlds weren't as interesting as earlier and they weren't as, um, important to the story as previous games. Mm. Uh, and I don't know, the combat, like the difficulty was so easy. It was just, it, it kind of ruins like the, the ending of the, of the saga because like the, the end boss was just trained, like just, just, just so easy to go through, um, and it, it didn't, didn't bring that gravitas that people were looking for for the conclusion of this 14-year uh, story or 13-year story. Goodness
1: gracious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Josh sa- asks, why is Josh so handsome? Like, he, he sounds really, really <laughs> handsome. Is he? What's his secret? Josh is very handsome. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. He's got a nice haircut as well. Why is he so handsome? Might, yeah. be, might be that haircut. I don't know. Um, I'm not one to really comment on haircuts, though, since mine is so interesting. But, uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, this <laughs> All right, this is, uh, another one from, uh, Grayson. Oh, it threw me off because his Twitter... He changed his Twitter name to Galarian Grayson, and I'm like, wait, is what? his name... I'm like, is his name Galarian? Oh, fuck, I've been calling him Grayson this whole time. No, no, it's Grayson. Um, he is Features Editor over at Twinfinite. Uh, he asks, who's the best Pokemon... This sucks, man. I hate this question because mm-hmm. what do you mean
2: who's the best Pokemon? Who I'm boring. Who's um my favorite Pokemon's uh, Pikachu. Yeah. Absolutely but... Pikachu. He's so cute. He's so adorable. He is. Um, and he kicks ass as well, so uh Pikachu is. And my
1: f- pick. from what I understand in Smash he's very, very overpowered. Is that is that true?
2: I don't know. Maybe. I've heard that. I, 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 I'm um, not particularly
1: sure grayson i don't know what you mean who's the best pokemon what do you mean who's the be who's my favorite or who's like literally the best like who's the most powerful if it's who's the most powerful i don't know like one like one of those legendary Mewtwo. yeah Mewtwo. i don't know like one of the fucking badass ones like the legendary ones i don't know who- or what is it mega evolutions um who's who's the best looking i kind of like the ice cream pokemon what's that thing called there's an ice cream
2: Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. But as <laughs> a generation Pokemon I have no idea about. What
1: the hell's that ice cream Pokemon called? Here, I have to look this up. <laughs> ice cream well, Pokemon. That's a
2: controversial pick. Pokemon.
1: Well, he wasn't clear. Let's see. Van. Vanalite. Vanalite.
2: Vanalite? <laughs> of,
1: of course, Vanalite is his name. Okay. Yeah, a Vanalite I really like, Grayson. Um, but if you're going off of like, okay, let me pull up my Pokemon Go. If like are you asking uh,
2: Charmander would be a second for me.
1: Charmander's great, yeah. It... Yeah. Grayson, you were unclear. I don't know what you mean when you say best Pokemon. I'm so sorry. You you asked just be... that's all you said was best let's see. In my Pokemon Go oh, I'm very much attached to my Gyarados. That's the highest combat power Pokemon I have. And this Gyarados kicks ass. There's this Pokestop or this gym by my house, and I always drop him off there he always comes back with 50 coins he's always my tried and true trusty gyarados so yeah i'll go either uh gyarados or this uh fucking ice cream mom what's it called Va- Vanilite. so that's my answer grayson um <laughs> and just as a quick aside brendan groom responded to this and he said i mean probably galarian wheezing at this point and then he makes the like <laughs> that grimace yeah face. the top hat
2: yes um. <laughs> um yes, okay it's great mustache and the, the top hat is amazing <laughs> if you haven't seen galarian wheezing yet check it out because uh, it's hilarious no I
1: haven't uh, here I'll pull up a picture of that yeah it? okay. it's great galarian wheezing let's take a look galarian <laughs> oh god how do I internet that is definitely horrific it looks like something somebody would smoke out of doesn't it look that he doesn't that look like something somebody would smoke out of? I don't do that. No. It, yeah, it looks like a like a smoking device. Okay. Anyway, let's move on here. Brendan Groom asks, "How do loot boxes affect you personally? Do you care if they are in a game, or does it only matter if it's loot boxes that contain items other than cosmetics?" All right, this is kind of a big question. Um, uh, how do they affect me personally? Not really because i don't buy them um (laughs) uh the closest thing i ever came to that was in like guitar hero and stuff where you could buy extra songs but that's not really a loot box because you know what you're getting um i guess i did buy some loot boxes in the call of duty modern warfare remaster but i wasn't like upset about it i don't know i i just i got i bought the loot boxes i got an item and i'm like cool i have an item now yay um do you only care if they're in a game or does it or does it only matter if it's loot boxes that contain items of the cosmetics? Yeah, in this case, they, it, it was items you could use, like weapons and stuff, but they weren't. See, the thing is, is that the weapons were, um, like, one of the items I got was this, like, pickaxe, which the pickaxe doesn't do any more damage than the knife does. So I guess technically, really, it was cosmetic. So I think maybe that's the key. Um, Chris, how do you, how, what's your answer on this question?
2: Here's my answer, right? Um, as long as the loot boxes don't affect the balance of the game, um, then they're great. Uh, well, not great. They're they're fine. Um, I I like them for cosmetics and sometimes that encourages me to play more of Overwatch or more of a particular multiplayer game because I want to get the best skins, the best, um, cosmetics kind of stuff. Um, but, like, for example, for like Middle Earth, um, oh yeah middle earth game i can't remember what it's called shadow Shadow of
1: war or mordor one of them yeah
2: Yeah. shadow of war yeah and then uh star wars battlefront 2 that affected the gameplay too much and um (coughs) yeah i i I don't particularly like those forms of uh, loot boxes that change up um like the progression system or anything like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah but yeah I, i do think loot boxes can be good it like Well, let's let's expand it to microtransactions. So with microtransactions, I think they sometimes can be good because uh, they give options to people for, you know, if they want to uh, level up a bit quicker and want to get through the game faster, you know, that's that's on them, right? So um, I think it's good to give that option, I guess. Uh, But it just depends on the game uh whether or not the loot boxes and the market transactions can uh, really uh, affect it so affect my enjoyment of the game
1: sure now it's uh it's important to note too the the difference between a single player and a multiplayer version of this because in a multiplayer context i think you can basically only do it if it's cosmetic it, with the, yeah. the single-player game, you maybe do have a little bit more freedom there to experiment because, uh, obviously, you know there are no other players you're affecting. But even still, you don't want to be able to just buy the strongest item in the game and just like plow through it. So there's a smart way to do it. But I think, to answer your first question, how do loot boxes affect you personally? Not at all, because I don't really participate in I them. I
2: don't buy them too much either. I actually think they're kind of a positive for me because they make me uh, want to play the game more and yeah. uh, check it check it out more and it's like i, I kind <laughs> of enjoy Overwatch have watched more because of the loot boxes in there um, but yeah like if it really impacts someone i know or uh, if they're super addicted to a game because of the loot boxes then i'd probably be upset with them but as of right now i don't think i know anyone who's obsessed uh with a game to the point of like it messing up their lives or (laughs) right um all right that's that's a real thing that's a real thing but
1: yeah um... i have heard of that i have heard of that um all right last question this one's a little weird chris didn't want to do it but i don't know (laughs) (laughs) know. um let's see alex on twitter asks does mario fuck (laughs) Like, does he does he get the princess in the end, or is it a constant sissy fusion torture scenario? Uh, yeah. Does he, f- he well, okay. Who, <laughs> who, who, who who who? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, who is Baby Mario? Isn't Baby Mario Mario's son?
2: Nah, it's just it's just a baby version of Mario that's been in, like the Yoshi's Island games. I think. So, like, th- is, so what is that? Time traveling.
1: Is there time traveling involved? Think that? so. I think so. Does Mario fuck? Maybe. I don't know, man.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know. Why you gotta ask? I don't know, man. I, I, does he fuck? No, probably not. No. Can he? Does he have the ability to fuck? Me? I would. <laughs> I would say he has the ability to fuck. Like he's got all the parts and stuff.
2: <laughs> does he?
1: I thought, hey, man. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen some shit. I, oh,
2: against against
1: lie. my will, I've seen
2: some shit. Um, oh no! Just he... just look it up on Pornhub that Daniel will Or like, or like the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or like the the Sonic, you know, Sonic obviously has a whole yeah fucking. Um, does he? Does he? Does he get the princess in the end? No. He, well, yeah, he gets the princess in the end, but it, yeah, like you said, it's a constant sissy fusion torture scenario. Is that how you say that word, sissy fusion? I think so. Yeah, where he's just constantly. I would love to see a Mario game where it's. Where it's totally, the it's not him trying to rescue the princess. Kind of like Majora's Mask with Zelda, where it's not him trying to rescue the princess. Because, I, I mean, how yeah. many times? That That's what was cool about that. Well, there was a Peach game on the DS where you play as Peach instead of you. And...
2: Yeah, Super Princess Peach. Yeah, And you're yeah. trying to save Mario. Oh, is that what it was? Your, your Peach saving <laughs> I think Mario? So. Oh, okay. I believe so.
1: Yeah, so does Mario fuck? Probably not. Can he fuck? Yeah. I don't know. Um, All right. (laughs) on that horrific note Let's uh, move on Let's (laughs) move on Thank you Alex for the question Alright, let's talk about what we've been playing, Chris Now, like I mentioned at the top of the show uh, Some interesting games As you mentioned, badass games Between the two of us Um, Let me toss it over to you first What have you got?
2: Okay Uh, I finished uh, Devil May Cry 5 in like three days Yeah man (laughs) That game Uh, Yeah, that game yeah, it'll Oof. do it to
1: you. That's a that's a banger. Go ahead.
2: That's an amazing game. You're indeed right. That is a banger. Uh, I, I I really like the characters. Um, I even though, and uh, you know this is something that Devil May Cry Five got right and not Kingdom Hearts Three is that uh, it recaps the series pretty well. I think like i got the general idea of what was happening and um, the sibling rivalry between. Uh, Dante and Virgil, you know, and mm. um, mm-hmm. like the few twists and turns they take with Devil May Cry Five, and um, I guess Devil May Cry in itself is a bit more uh, simple, I guess in in story than Kingdom Hearts series than the Kingdom Hearts series. I'd say about. probably
1: anything ever is more simple than true. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I loved my time with Devil May Cry Five. I I liked doing the different combos, unlocking new moves and um the visuals are absolutely oh, goddamn man. stunning. Like oh, the particle effects and uh what's going on around you and uh oh man, it's just so amazing. And uh, like something I really liked and I-, I wish they did more of this actually is like Seeing uh, people around you playing as the different characters in the same time frame, mm. um, like basically what happens is that it connects you to people online in a way like Journey, where um, the players kind of like emerge around you um, as the story's progressing, and you can see them fighting alongside you um, in a different room. But I'd love to see like a point in the game where you are actually fighting with. Um, Humans around the world <laughs> rather than the computer, right? So, um, that, that that would be great to see in like Devil May Cry 5 6 or something. Um, and I, I like the way uh they end Devil May Cry 5 and how, how the, the promising kind of future the series has now, um, with it. So, um, yeah, yeah. like. Right. I, I really with... loved my time with the game and uh, I loved the different mechanics put into the game and I, I think what makes it feel fresh throughout the whole game is that it changes characters with you so you're playing as um, Dante, you're playing as V and uh, um, uh, Nero. Nero as well yeah. so yeah uh, I absolutely loved my time with the game and uh, yeah I, I can't wait for the next one now so I can't believe now that I'm kind of a Capcom fan now so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that like last year you know <laughs> right you told me that i was like what no of course <laughs> not but no like I, i'm definitely i'm definitely a fan of capcom now after these last few games so yeah so
1: yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head with that i think the variety in, in devil may cry 5 is probably its strength um or it's one of its biggest strengths i i reviewed it for playstation lifestyle and that was i think my headline something about the variety um yeah, yeah. Really cool. Now you mentioned something about this other player thing. I don't really remember that. Uh, I so I had the game early before other people did, so maybe that's why I didn't oh, experience no. it. What? So yeah. what? What you said like it's kind of like Dark Souls, right? Where like there are other people. No, it's kind
2: of like Journey, or where Jer- there's like other people joining your game. Um, basically, it says on the left hand side, um, starring so and so as the different characters, mm-hmm. and like it comes up with the. The player names on it but do you um, see so, their
1: their their character model in the game with you? yes
2: yeah you see them fighting um the I don't, enemies around you I don't uh, which is really cool and I, don't, I don't think honestly they've used that enough because it is it was hard to see them actually fighting but you could definitely see them in the background like fighting against a few enemies which was a really cool touch and i hope they bring that more in in further detail on um in the next game because I think that was such a cool addition and and, and do, do uh, they
1: do they affect the enemies in your
2: world or is it just no, a visual no they don't they don't you, it's just a visual kind of thing where you see oh, them I in see. the background just fighting so okay. I'd like to see that actually make an impact on the gameplay you know so mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah like, okay. uh, it's, it's, so, it's a shame you weren't able to experience that i i think i missed fight. out I on maybe that you should replay it yeah yeah, yeah. no i, I yeah because it wanna... says because if it can't connect you to a few people online it just says the dmc crew or whatever oh. dmc5 crew and that's just the ai mm-hmm. um so that's probably why you didn't even notice that because the you can't connect to people online
1: yeah because I, I i think i all of my time with that game was spent before it came out so by the time it came out i right. already moved on yeah i i'd like to jump back into that huh. um what else have you been playing, Chris?
2: Uh, so I tried out um, Anthem again. I, I tried out the Cataclysm kind of thing, just briefly. Oh, that finally and, came out? And I forgot about that. I think it came out, yeah. And I tried the first mission of it, and it just reminded me why Anthem's just not the greatest game of this year <laughs> you uh, know, it's such a it's such a failure because the the characters are so boring and the voice acting it just sounds like they just don't give a shit about you know <laughs> the game and they're just here just for a paycheck you know hmm. um so what yeah, do you think it
1: just, it, the, oh, what do you think is going to happen with that game
2: i think it's going to die um and that's unfortunate because i love the combat i absolutely love the combat i think it's great um i love how fast it is i love how you're flying through the sky and um the the weapons feel great and i I like the abilities that are involved with um the combat so it's just it's just a shame that this combat system has gone to waste in such a boring dull game with such a which with an even duller storyline that's
1: a shame uh, I never tried it, so I don't really have anything to contribute to the conversation. But it's it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's controversial to say that this game did not do as well as EA had hoped. Right? It, so. It's
2: such a shame because th- there's a good game in there, uh, but it's just the, the game design of it. The, the repetition of like, oh, you're gonna fight these waves to protect a certain part of the map or the, the an item or something. It's just is it, that's that's basically what you're doing all the time. And it's just so boring. Um, so I hope, um, they go back to drawing board or something and, uh, try to come, come up with some more gameplay mechanics. Cause like, yeah, it's just, just rough. It's, it's super rough.
1: Um, what else have you been playing, Chris?
2: Um, nothing too much more to say really about these two, but, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I've been diving more into Cassandra's story and I, I love the character. Um, And the the comp, like, I tried to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey straight after Devil May Cry 5, and just the combat just feels so so boring in comparison. So, I might have to give Assassin's Creed Odyssey a little bit of a break (laughs) until I, you know, until I um cleanse my uh Devil May Cry 5 love. Isn't it it funny how that works? I mean. The yeah, o-
1: it's weird. The order in which you play games will affect how you enjoy the next one. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I wish I'd play the Assassin's Creed Odyssey first, but... Huh. Um, yeah, but, like, Devil May Cry 5. Man, what a game. And then... Uh, uh, something else I also wanted to mention about Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that... It's the first time this generation where I'm like... It's, st- it's starting to feel old... Like the the textures and the graphics, they they look washed out, you know. Um, And I'm just not as into the game as I would usually. Um, So that was just just the thing that kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, so yeah, like maybe with the PS Five we can get more better visuals and stuff. But I think that's something I've just met. I've just realized with my new four K TV, I was like, oh man, okay. And then um, Sniper Elite Boar um i <laughs> as well that was um, the ps yeah. plus
1: game right
2: yeah it's the ps plus game this week uh this month i mean and uh it, it's a fine game the sniping's great uh it feels excellent just to pierce your uh bullets right through uh, the enemy like you can see that there's this x-ray kind of vision that you see of uh the lung like the lung being pierced or the head being pierced or whatever and it's it, it's it, it's really cool. It almost reminds see. me of...
1: Uh, <laughs> like, it reminds me of like Mortal Kombat. Sometimes, oh, for sure. Just yeah, in how disgusting
2: definitely. it is. It's definitely disgusting. The, the sound design is excellent uh, for this game. But uh, overall, I don't like the open world design of it. And I feel like enemies can see you too quickly. Um, because like, it's, it's a stealthy game, right? You're a sniper. And for me, like, I don't think there's enough options, especially towards the beginning of the game, to muzzle out your bullets, so, like, as soon as you fire a fire a, a shot, people are going to recognise you, right, and see you. <laughs> so, uh, that's the reason why I found it a bit difficult to play, is, like, like, what am I supposed to do? The, like <laughs> I'm, supposed, I'm supposed to be really enjoying this, like, sniper kind of, like, stealth experience, but I keep getting seen by all these people, so I, I might be doing something wrong, or it might not have explained to me certain aspects of the game, like... Uh, or maybe I'm supposed to shoot during a time where there's, like, a lot of noise around, like, there's planes going over the map, so maybe I'm supposed to wait for the planes to go and then shoot? But... Um. Yeah, I just just haven't been enjoying my experience of the game so far. That was my
1: problem with whichever one came out on the Switch a few
2: months ago. It,
1: I I felt like yeah, the whole game you're supposed to snipe, but there would often be enemies like running towards me, like a lot of them, and I would have to use the non. S- sniper weapon you know the machine gun and all yeah. that and it just doesn't it against good.
2: the point of the game yeah. yeah
1: um all right let me touch on what i've been playing and then we'll say goodbye for the day uh i've also been playing a playstation plus game i've been playing wipeout omega collection man that game is something else uh for those who aren't familiar with the wipeout games they're sort of they're like arcade style like futuristic racing games but they they're like really really stylized and this like thumping soundtrack uh goes on while you're playing and it's just so over the top and like futuristic looking you know and you can play the whole thing in vr which i highly recommend uh for those who have a vr unit a psvr unit definitely definitely play wipeout in vr man it is it is it's like i think my in my top three psvr games um doesn't it feel, make you feel nauseous though like no a game no. like
2: that has a lot of action in it like that's a that's surprising really no.
1: yeah not not at all actually um i don't get motion sickness i guess i'm very fortunate with that but i know a lot of people with like first person games and stuff in vr they get real uh, sick over but yeah i mean in, in in wipeout you like go upside down and stuff at times it's like a like a roller coaster almost uh, but Oof. it's it's but it's very uh, skill based. Like it's very it's not like on rails or whatever where you you just hold a button and that's it. Yeah. You have to use the bumpers and there are like weapons and stuff that you have uh, to attack other vehicles. Um, very very skill based, very tough. I'm not good at it, but yeah, no, I don't get sick with it. But if you if you guys have a PSVR unit, uh, you have no excuse to not play it. It's free on PlayStation Plus. Check it out. Um, with Chris's or I'm sorry, with Josh's. Um. Uh, coverage of Red Dead Redemption 2 it sort of got me thinking about how much I missed that game, so I jumped back in it, and man, that game is so uh, fun in terms of its, like, immersion. Uh, like, you know, sometimes I do want to play A Devil May Cry where it's just fast and you're just hacking up enemies and it's just, um, you know, you don't have to think Fuck yeah. too hard about <laughs> it. But, but yeah, you're just, you know, whacking away at enemies. But other times, I want, like, a really, really Im- a immersive, like almost like role-playing sort of experience where I'm in the Wild West, I have to clean my guns, I have to, uh, you know, whatever, hunt for food. Like, I, I kind of like that. It's a good balance. And so with Red Dead, I mean, you know, there's not really a whole lot, much else to say on it because that game's been covered to death. But really, really awesome. And again, I get why people don't like it because it's very slow. But if you're in the mood for a... All right, all right. If you're in the mood for for like a really immersive... Uh, wild west kind of game man i don't think there's anything better than red dead um but the, the main one i wanted to touch on metro exodus i know last week i think i said i started to play it but then i i turned it off because it just wasn't in the mood this week i gave it another try and that's one of the great games of the year i've got to say uh really yeah it's uh it's one that i feel like has not gotten a whole lot of coverage oh man this is funny sorry uh my cats are sitting next to each other and the one cat is about to attack the other cat, but and the one doesn't know. Let's see what happens. Okay, nothing happened. They decided to. They decided against it. Okay, I thought something was going to happen. Anyway,
2: oh uh, right, that sounds exactly like Red Dead Redemption Two.
1: <laughs> yeah, with all the caps and everything, right? Okay, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just, kidding. Uh, just kitten. Is that what you just said? Fucking goddamn it! Just kidding. Oh <laughs> my god. Fuck.
2: Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but, oh, I wish I said that now.
1: But uh, Metro Exodus, it's think a mix between Far Cry, Fallout, and BioShock. So, mm. yeah, let, let's that, that's a weird combo, I know. It's it's open world-ish. I would I mean, yeah, it's open world, I would say. Not as big as something like a Red Dead or a or a Far Cry, but yeah. But it's got like horror ele- horror elements to it, which is where the BioShock aspects come into play. But one, my favorite thing about it is how they intertwine or or how, how you know how they interweave the um the story in with the game. So, in a lot of games it's gameplay, cutscene, gameplay, cutscene and it's very segmented and it makes it really easy for someone who doesn't normally get invested into the story to just skip the cutscenes and never care, right? But in in these games like Wolfenstein or you know these other you know BioShock, these like cinematic first person shooters that they do a really good job of you know they never cut to a cutscene. all of the all of the um sort of uh narrative is in it's like in engine and all that and it, it's really easy to get immersed in it that. and that's how it is in metro where you know you you stop and talk to a character and it looks really good and it's almost like a like a cut scene, whatever you know but since they never break away they never break away it, it always like keeps you immersed into it and so The story it's you know nothing wild it's just so far i'm only a couple hours in but you know it's a a group of people who are sort of stuck and there's this train or whatever that they're trying to to there's this train they're trying to get to move and they're like stuck there and so the the main character has to go out and like find resources that kind of thing it's it's like i said nothing too wild but i'm already starting to care about these characters and i think you're somebody chris who loves narrative in games it's like you know one of your primary things you focus on i think I think this game might be for you, assuming that you're into the Far Cry sort of uh, gameplay where you explore the open world, loot area, like, you know, loot these shacks and uh, upgrade your weapons, that kind of thing. Um, another point about this game is that it's it has a lot of aspects of realism. It's almost similar to, like, a Red Dead where uh, it may be even, like, too slow for some people. This game's very slow-paced. It's the opposite of Doom or Wolfenstein where, you know, you, you could sprint across the, the map, but enemies will see you. It's not really recommended to do it that way. Um, uh, there are these areas where there's, like, nuclear waste, I think, and you have to put on a gas mask, but, sometime, but sometimes your gas mask will get foggy and you have to, like, wipe off your mask, or if you're wearing a mask and you get shot at, the mask will get cracked and you have to go get it repaired. Uh, your weapons will sort of deteriorate and need to be cleaned, uh all these things and the the other day i was playing and i was like i saw these like mutant monster things i don't really know what they are but they're like sort of what you know what you would expect these like zombie mutant whatever and, and i was like sneaking by them and it was like the most nerve-wracking thing and the reason i was sneaking by them is because i didn't have the ammo to, to kill them <laughs> so i was just like sneaking by and i got by without getting seen and i was so it was like so satisfying um so yeah it's a really slow pace but it Again, if you're looking for like a more immer- uh, immersive shooter with uh, an interesting story that's like tied to it, uh, I think Metro is for you. And uh, I'm gonna play through it, try to get through it before the end of the year. But I do think it's one of the great games of the year. I really, I really do
2: stand by that. I think I think a reason why I don't think it stands out stands out is because it's not sexy. You know, it's not. It's very slow paced. It's. Um you know, like it's a shooter, so it probably doesn't stand out as much as as anything else from a different genre. So maybe that's the reason why it hasn't had as much coverage. Yeah. Um, But perhaps as like that uh, award season comes along, you know, game awards and um, all that kind of stuff, maybe more people check it out as, uh, you know, as that prestige um, is brought about a bit more.
1: It's one that I think is not going to get hardly any awards just because people skipped out on it. And I'm with you. Like, in terms of its visuals, right. it doesn't stand out. I, I mean, I think it looks great. I just... It, yeah. it doesn't... It doesn't Like, Devil May Cry, for example. That has, like, style, man. Or like, Wipeout. Yeah. Wipeout. I know Wipeout didn't come out this year, but still. Wipeout has, like, style. These games... Red Dead. Red Dead, you know, obviously. Rockstar. Like, there are these prominent features for all these games that are doing well. But with a Metro, like, it's made by this company, 4A Games. Like,
2: I, In Russia? Yeah.
1: Like, right? Like, who... I don't think... It's just I don't know that it has much of a chance, but I think if you can pick it up on a sale or something, it's really really excellent. It's,
2: um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on the Josh thing, um, you know. It's on Xbox Game Pass, so you can just play it there, <laughs> is it? and uh, you can play it on PC Games Pass as well. So yeah, uh, you should play it. It's great.
1: <laughs> that was a pretty good
2: impression. Is it? It's actually- a great service. It's a great service. Yeah. Is it actually on uh, Game Pass?
1: I think it is. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's on Game Pass.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Metro Exodus, pretty good game. Um, I love Xbox.
2: <laughs> that's your impression it's of Xbox. Just, yeah. just <laughs> I love Xbox. Um, all
1: right, I think that about wraps us up for this episode. I guess we went a little long here, but uh, there's a lot to sure. get through. We had some announcements. There's a lot
2: of deep stuff to talk about as well. So. Yeah.
1: Um, cool. So let's do um, some closing little things here and then we'll we'll say goodbye um of course you can find uh our show on itunes Stitch, uh, stitcher tune in spotify google play uh get you can tweet at us at active Quest show if you'd like to email us you can do that too activequestpodcast at gmail.com um to send us your questions uh speaking of questions just be sure to look out um for our thread on fridays where you can submit your questions for the next episode um And then bear with us while we're working through our scheduling issues here. We all have jobs and lives outside of the show, so we're working on that. Yeah, I think
2: Josh had to pick up his uh, family member or something, so.
1: Yeah, today, yeah, yeah. So we're working on getting all that worked out. Thank you guys for your patience for that. Um, Am I missing
2: anything? I guess. Um, Shoutouts.
1: Yes, of course. Of course. Um, Yeah, What plugs. Plugs. Plugs, plugs. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, I, I just had like a brain fart i'm i'm a no little problem. i'm hungry and i have donuts in the kitchen and that's all i can think about right, right now and they have sprinkle <laughs> they have sprinkles on them too so i mean i'm in i'm in bad shape right now Ooh. um chris where can people find you when you're not on active quest
2: i'm gonna be at a local donut shop soon so thanks for that <laughs> um but other than that you can find me on twitter at penwell writes um, I've written a few things for Jack of All Controllers so I have an opinion article about how PlayStation has lost part of its identity so you can read that up on there um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on with me I still need to record my VO for my um, interview with series uh, for, with game characters so that should be fun to do soon uh, It's just I just recently moved from place to place so that's the reason why I've been delayed on a few things but I'm finally getting back to it's a full swing here so uh look out for me Uh, i'm um, I'm excited to see how that turns
1: out um yeah Yeah. and as for me you can find me uh on twitter at joseph yaden um i'm still covering news at playstation lifestyle uh might have some features in the works i just uh, actually did a feature for playstation lifestyle um rank uh covering the highest rated games of 2019 so far uh, which right. that was interesting because there were some games I hadn't even heard of uh, when I did that list. Huh. Like, like, obviously, you have your, you know, uh, Resident Evil 2 and, you know... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these big games that obviously would be on there, but there were some other games that I just hadn't considered. Like, we gave Trials Fusion a 9.5, wow. uh, which I just did not expect us to do that. So anyway, you can check out that feature, and then I'll probably have something else going up this week. Um, other than that... That's been episode 33. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with the changes. Um, and yeah, uh, we're excited to be doing this. And we'll catch you next week for episode 34. Take care, everybody. Bye.